Welcome to Anointed Path Podcast. I am your host, Ali Boyd. Pull up a chair and stay a while because right here we will study the Word of God together, dive into spiritual warfare, false religion, and occult. And of course, hear some amazing testimonies along the way that will always point us to Christ. You guys, I am so happy you're here. Let's go ahead and get started. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in today's show. I am super excited and honored to have a very special guest on my podcast, Lindy Kennedy. She is a public figure influencer on social media. She has recently shared a very controversial post that has reached thousands of people, definitely ruffled some feathers, and I believe unlocked curiosity in many. So I am, Lindy, very, very, very honored that you have agreed to sit down and to chat about this. Um, I believe it will reach thousands of people, and I believe God will lead them to the truth through your testimony, through your story. I know you had to just find courage in you to speak up and step into this new journey. So thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for that introduction. Yes, it was scary, but I just felt led by God to um, you know, speak the truth. Yeah. So tell me just a little bit about yourself. Like, where are you from? How you grew up? Were you raised Mormon? Or is it something you've taught as a child? Yeah. So I was born in Orange County, California, but most of, I was raised in Temecula, California, which is just an hour south of it. So Southern California, born and raised. And my parents were both converts to the Mormon church when they were younger, when they were teenagers. And then they got married in the Los Angeles temple and raised my sisters and I, very devout Mormons, very strict. Um, yeah, we our entire life, I would say, was all encompassed by the Mormon church. It kind of dictated our day-to-day life. Was okay. centered around the church. I remember going to Utah to visit my um, brother-in-law who lived there at the time, and we were walking by a temple. And we got so excited, so we went in. And just wanted to look around inside. And we were stopped at the door and they were start asking us, are you guys a member of the temple? Are you a member of the church? We're like, no. And they're like, well, you can't be inside. You have to leave. And yeah. we didn't realize how, for example, I have not like dove deep into the religion of Mormonism. So I know of the religion, you know, of the beliefs, but that's why I'm excited to talk to you and have you share it because you've been in it. You've raised your children to believe it and understand it. You've been raised that way. So I think I have a lot of people in my community who have asked me, hey, can you do a deep dive into the religion of Mormon myths, Joseph Smith? Oh, you have. Yeah, and I and I have added to my list of things to talk about, but God has put on my heart to wait for the right moment and not speak on it because you can only cover so much if you're not actually in it, right? When God bring reaches his hand and brings somebody out of the religion and now they have experienced the truth and the change they can like they can speak and be influenced by the holy spirit to say the right things to reach the people that need to be reached i could not agree with you more i feel sometimes like i was pulled out of this religion by god and my own seeking of truth um and I feel like I can come from a place of love because I love the Mormon people. I spent 40 years believing it was true. I, um, my entire life was just immersed in the culture and the, um, it really takes over every aspect of your life, your community, your friends, your jobs, your day-to-day life really typically is all encompassed with this religion. And um, I was there, I was there where, you believe it's so true and you believe every day that if you don't do these things, you won't go to heaven. And if you don't do these things, you won't be sealed to your family for eternity. They believe that you have to be sealed in the temple to your husband and then your children will be sealed to you. And there's so much emphasis on perfection and, um, and being sealed to your family or else you won't be together for eternity and you're filled with fear over it. And so everything you do is really based out of fear. It's a lot of culture of, of grief or I'm sorry, guilt and mm-hmm. shame. 
and which creates it, it, this perpetual, you know, you really never got off this, this hamster yeah. wheel of trying to be perfect and trying to make sure you're going to be sealed to your family forever. And so I have this love for Mormons because I was there. I was in it. I believed it was true. So um, I know how hard it is to break free from it because typically all of your family and friends are also so many aspects of your life are just, it's all part of it. It's all woven into every part of your life. Mm -hmm. So I can come from a place of love. I know what it's like. It is so hard to break free from that. And the fact that, like you said, you do have to, that's what God talks about, about sacrificing things to follow him, right? His apostles left behind families and friends to follow him. So here you're finding this new truth, which is the truth. And you have to sacrifice those relationships and you have to walk in obedience now because you see, like you see the truth and you can't deny it. And like you said, before we start to record, you're like, when you find the truth, you can't help but shout it. You want to share it. That's why it's called the good news, right? Yeah. If nobody shares it, then how good is it really? You know? No. And I feel I will answer to him one day and he'll say, I, I showed you the truth. I pulled you out of this. I gave you this. And then you just kept it to yourself. Why didn't you share with your sisters and brothers? And um, honestly, I kind of wish someone would have shared it with me sooner. I wish someone would have pulled me aside and said, Lindy, do you understand what you believe and 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 show me where it wasn't right and wrong? And and I kind of, you know, even though some of my family members aren't happy with me right now, I know that one day if I if they find out the truth, they'll say, Well, Lindy, why didn't you share it with me? Mm. You could have you had opportunities to. So all we can do, and it's God's job mm -hmm. to, in the end to change them. The Holy Spirit will be who really turns them, um, you know, and changes their heart. Yeah. I can't do that, but we can plant seeds and we can mm -hmm. witness. So. Amen. Yes. I was watching another interview of a lady who was Mormon. He was, she was actually from a Christian family, but then went into a Mormon religion. And she said the same exact words you said when she went back to Christianity, she was asking, why hasn't nobody told me? Why were they afraid yeah. to tell me the truth? Why were they afraid to ruin a friendship when they had the truth? Even my own Christian family, why didn't they sit down with me and talk to me about this? And that's why her mission now, she said, I will not stop telling my story. I will not stop sharing because I know there are many people out there who are like, why didn't you just tell me? Because like you said, our job is to plant a seed and the Holy Spirit is the one that continues to lead people to the truth, right? Um, yeah. And it's not about judgment. It's not about hating on those who do not see as us, but it is about the love for God and for the truth and for one and only way through uh, to God through Jesus Christ. And when we have that, like I said, we can't not share it, right? That's what makes us feel whole at the end of the day. So I noticed one thing um, in your post that I underlined said um, to become temple worthy. So that caught my eye because you just touched on this saying that you always feel like you have to be perfect. You always have to reach the standard of where you feel worthy. So can you just touch on that? Like how, how does that work in the temple? And stuff? Sure. So the temple is a place kind of like you said, you weren't allowed in. I have three sisters that were married and some good friends and I was never able to go into any of their weddings. I never saw any of them get married. I was not allowed into the temple. I married a non-member, so I didn't go into the temple. And um, after my divorce, I decided to become temple worthy, like you said. So you have several meetings with um, your bishop and then your state president, and they interview you and interview you and make and ask you all these questions, how you're living. Um, and then they, they, they make you take some classes on the temple. And so you have to cut out any alcohol, any coffee, um, it's called the word of wisdom, tobacco, cigarettes, which I mean, I didn't do anyway, but, um, and then you have to, you have to wear these undergarments. And so you have to dress a certain way and wear these under, underclothes, mm -hmm. they're called garments. Um, and it all ties to Freemasonry, of course. And so, um, and then you have to 
pay, make sure you're full tithe payer. You have to be keeping the law of chastity. And, and that aligns, some of this does align with biblical teaching. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. You should not be fornicating before marriage and you, and you shouldn't be drunk and you shouldn't. So, you know, the, the, this common, common sense, moral laws that even non-Christians follow, you know? And yes. And so, so, but they're, they're very strict. And so you have to follow all these rules and for a certain amount of time. And then after you do these interviews and you repent of everything and you get everything aligned to go to the temple, you're then permitted to go through the temple and you do these washings and anointings. They're all rituals. And then the other ceremonies inside the temple where you you go through a veil and you do all these secret handshakes and everything in the temple is secret, which also Mm -hmm. is not biblical. It says nothing you do is in secret. Mm -hmm. So it's all secret. And then you're not allowed to tell You're you're told that you will not, you know, be permitted to share any of this with anybody. Um, I was given a new name in the temple and told that that's the name that Jesus will call me or Joseph Smith um, after I die. And, and I, I didn't like that. I didn't like getting a new name. I didn't like yeah. the, the secret handshakes mm. and, um and that everything was secret and ritualistic. It was, mm. it was very strange. It didn't feel, I, I expected to feel the Holy spirit. I expected yeah. it to be this really beautiful experience. That is what I expected to feel so uplifted and so holy and so I expected it to be this magical experience and and I felt this darkness the whole time I I just there was something at the core of me that said I just don't know if this is right but I kept doing it kept going because in the back of my mind I believed it this is how I was going to be sealed to my family for eternity this is how I was going to make it to heaven so I just thought something was wrong with me and that's when I eventually yeah. So when you married somebody who was not Mormon, were you like shunned from the community? Did they, do they look down when you marry somebody who is not part of your religion? Typically, yes. And I'm sure there's gossip behind my back in family and, and friends that I wasn't marrying a, a member of the church. It's You're automatically looked like you're not as holy. You're not going to make it to heaven. You won't be sealed to your mm. family. Um, and... But I have to say, I was young, and my family was accepting of my husband, and you know they really didn't give me a, a really hard time in person. I they were they didn't seem judgmental. They seemed loving and accepting of it. Still, I was young, and they were just like, okay, she'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And and I thought I'd eventually just go back to the temple, maybe by myself or something. But um, so I will give them that. No, no one gave me a really hard time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they said behind my back, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, like going back to the temple of worthy, it's, it's, you think about so many people who live their whole life trying to reach being accepted and deep down, they never feel like they'll measure up, right? They're always just spinning their wheels. And the lady that I listened to this morning, she said she came after 40 years of being in that religion. She sat on her bed one day and she was like, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted of constantly trying to keep up. And the beauty with um real Jesus is that we're saved by grace there is nothing we can do to earn that salvation it is just given to us while we're sinners while we turn our back on him while we make mistakes and we fall down it's still gifted to us all we need to do is ask and receive and repent and so tell me when you when you realized did you feel different inside? Like, did you feel that you just got sealed with the Holy Spirit and you felt whole and complete? I think one of the reasons why I am actually grateful that I was raised Mormon, as strange as, as, strange as that sounds, one of the reasons I'm grateful I was raised Mormon, one of the reasons I'm grateful I tried to pull myself out of it a little bit and then I dabbled in new age because I think I was a little upset at that point with God and I just figured if I had been lied to my whole life and I believed it, there's a lot of gaslighting, brainwashing that goes on. And then I just felt like you had to peel these layers and layers back that of these belief systems that you're, you're like, is this biblical? Is this Mormon? Is this, and it, it took a while to really kind of almost empty all of that out. And then I had to pour back in the truth. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the things I think is really beautiful is that, I may not be able to put it into words for other people. They might not be able to feel it, but for me, it is tangible. 
it is undeniable. When I was Mormon, I never felt good enough, mm-hmm. ever. I always felt like I am not enough. I do not mm-hmm. think I'm going to be saved. I do not think I'm going to make it. I don't do enough. I'm not enough. It's I'm not perfect. I, I just, I can't do it all. And um, there was this, it is a perpetual perfectionism, this treadmill that you just can't get off of. And it's exhausting. And, and it's, it's almost how you feel really down because you just never feel like you're enough. And the difference I feel now coming into the fold of the, the one true living Jesus Christ, God in the flesh is my relationship that I have with him now, I feel loved. Mm-hmm. I feel accepted. I feel that gift of, of grace has been given to me. It is a gift. I don't deserve it. I am a sinner. And I I fall short of the glory of God every single day. But he gives that gift to me mm-hmm. again and again and again. He just loves me and accepts me for who I am. And I just, I feel so loved and so worthy. And I, I know it's true. I know I'm saved. I know he loves me. It, it, and I cannot put into words the difference I feel now than I did trying to make it as a mom. Yeah. The feeling is just so humbling. You wake up every day and you're so versus trying to, versus feeling like not enough. And you feel start to judge yourself, starting to feel down about things. You wake up and now you're grateful and you're humbled and you come before Christ and you just at a loss for words for what his gift was to us. And the fact that he knows you by name, he's thought of you on the cross. He's thought of you before you were born. It says, you know, in the Bible that he thinks of you more than that. You can count the sand on the beach. That's how many thoughts he has just about you. And it's beautiful. So I have a question for you. For somebody who doesn't know anything about the Book of Mormon, Joseph Smith, tell me, so Mormons do believe in the Bible. They do. Mm-hmm. But they believe the Book of Mormon is the complete Word of God, correct? So what they believe, and Joseph Smith actually was writing a translation of the Bible, the Joseph Smith translation because he taught that the book of Mormon or the Bible had been translated too many times and it, and it just, we can't trust it. So we study it, but we trust the book of Mormon because it is the perfect, never been compromised book of God that Joseph Smith translated and found in the Hill Cumorah and the golden plates. Whereas I believe that God promised he will preserve his word and it is always here and no matter what version of the bible you read i believe that's where the holy spirit steps in and that is the word of god that he promised to preserve for us um and so they focus a little more on the book of mormon and they believe that that is the truth and the bible's somewhat true so they read it they believe in it it's they do do they believe uh, that Jesus is the son of God who came, got crucified, and through him is the salvation? So the so that's where things got really tricky on the post that I posted. Yeah. You know, I had a lot of people say, you're just being divisive because we just all believe in Jesus. And if we all believe in Jesus, we should all just come together in unity. And what they don't understand is if you read your Bible, Jesus was very divisive. Yeah. He only believed in unity in the body of Christ. So false teachers, false witness, false gospel, false prophets are actually the ones dividing Mm -hmm. the body of Christ. And so he came down with a sword, not, not with peace. And he's, he divided everywhere he went. And, you know, the truth does divide the truth offends and especially in a world of darkness we live in a world of darkness right now we are in spiritual warfare Mm -hmm. and and the truth shines light on the darkness and it will divide and Mm -hmm. i want to stand in truth and light so um i'm sorry uh what was the question with uh if they believe that jesus was son of god okay so what i was trying to explain to people on my post is that as a Mormon, you do not believe in the Jesus that the Bible teaches about. Mm. 
Um, they believe in a completely different Jesus. They believe that Elohim was a son of man. And he lived on a planet by a star named Kolob out of mm. the universe. And then he was so good by his good works that he was exalted to godhood. And then him and his polygamous wives, um, wives came to earth and had spirit children, millions of them. And then these spirit children had a war in heaven and they fought and the spirit children were Jesus, Lucifer, and all of us. Mm-hmm. And then the good ones came down and we have bodies now. And then the bad ones went with Lucifer, a third of the host of heaven. Mm-hmm. And those are the dark angels. And so, um, so they actually will pray, oh, we love our brother Jesus and, um, you know, Jesus and Lucifer are brothers and um, we can all be gods just like God. They believe that that God has a body of flesh and bones and that Jesus is literally his son. Mm-hmm. And so Joseph Smith and his vision that he had in, in um, the sacred grove, it's all these pictures that they put everywhere, which his vision in the sacred grove, uh, his testimony of it changed hundreds of times which is another reason that was another red flag for me I'm like why did it change from I saw an angel then I just saw God then I saw Jesus and God it changed mm-hmm. tons mm-hmm. of times so when he shows that he sees God and Jesus coming down to, to tell him no you need to start this church well if you read the Bible Jesus is God in the flesh yes Jesus is the word that came down to earth in the flesh to save us and, um, and so that's not the same Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different Jesus. And, and, um, Paul talks about, um, false Christ coming to earth. I, it's almost like he was, you know, prophesying about maybe Joseph Smith and, yeah. and maybe Jehovah witness and some of these other churches, but he said false Jesus will come and, and people will believe in them. And so, um, the Jesus of the Mormon church cannot give you salvation Mm. do they believe he was crucified they do they believe he was died on the cross for our sins they do they do believe that but this person they believe in is not jesus christ yeah and it's it's interesting how the enemy would work right he will give you just enough truth to keep you bound but not enough exactly right you know he'll okay this makes sense this makes sense okay it's good enough and that's exactly how the enemy operates right that's what he did to eve in the garden all he had to do is well are you really sure and he gave it just enough truth because for like they weren't going to die if they eat the fruit and she's god said they will but he was yeah. talking about spiritual death and the devil grabbed onto it and said no you're not gonna die right and he planted yeah. the seed of doubt and so another um thing that i've read is the church, um, LDS church believe that God changes, right? He can adjust his like laws and beliefs based on culture and time, or does he stay and does not change like the Christian Bible teaches us? That was another, I mean, this took me a few years to, to unlearn the beliefs that had been ingrained in me. Um, and then and empty that out, like I said, and kind of fill back in with the truth. Even though I've been raised with God, Jesus, Bible, Book of Mormon, Pearl of Great Price, all that, I had to undo a lot of these things. And one of the things that when I was researching and trying to find the truth, because I was ready to lay my life down for Jesus. I was ready to surrender completely and live for God. I wanted, I, I went through some really hard times in my life and I was ready to completely turn my life over to God. But I needed to know which one, the Mormon one or the Christian one or, you know, the Catholic, yeah. what one, which one? And I prayed hard and hard and I studied the scriptures and I listened to anything, watched anything I could find, mm-hmm. read, read anything I could find. And one of the things that stood out to me was that this was the same yesterday, today, and will be tomorrow. The God of the Bible has never, ever changed. He was, is, and always will be yes. the same. It's never changed, ever. And he never will. And so to me, that stands for truth as it is, right? Mm-hmm. The Mormon doctrine, the prophets that speak at general conference, the doctrine they teach, it has changed and changed mm. and changed and changed and changed and changed and changed. Mm. Very interesting. 
So what, how did you come to start questioning things? So you grew up, you were raised a certain way, you were temple worthy, you were in the temple, you had a um, a bishop who was there for you during your hardest time, right? Prayed over you and led you. So what made you sit down and like, okay, I have some questions I need answers to. Tell me that story because I'm super curious. Okay, well, and and like I said, it's like that bit... One thing I do want to say, like that bishop that sat there and just cried with me and walked me through hard times, I want to say most Mormon people are wonderful, kind, honest, good people that are just trying to be good and, and mm-hmm. serve and make it to heaven. They really are. This bishop was a kind, loving man. The problem is things like the Mormon church, their secret societies, they, and just like Freemasonry, just like you know, there's a lot of, they are an organization within an organization. So 10% of the Mormon church is actually the secret society call. It's, it's all based in Jewish Kabbalah and, and Freemasonry. And, and the 90% of the people, they're just good people trying, making the front look good. And so um, one of the things, so I, I was in Hollywood acting and I did my first commercial when I was four mm-hmm. and I worked in Hollywood all the way up until I was like about 32, I think. And so I mean, almost 30 years of working in and out of Hollywood modeling and acting. And, um, and when you, when you're in Hollywood a lot, there's a lot of darkness there and, and you see dark things and um, very, there's a lot, I've seen things that are, led me to believe there's, t- I mean, it's, it's, I don't know how much of that you want to get into, but there are tunnels and there are. I just share it away. That's what my page is about. So yeah, it's, it is filthy and wicked and evil and dark. And they prey on little children. They, when people say, Oh, Holly weird and they're pedophiles and then people want to defend it and say, Oh, that's just a few. I was in it. it and sure there's some good too good people of course there's always good people too yeah. but I saw dark sad things that are done to children and they just what they do to children it is it is horrific it's and there and you see like a satanic things you hear things from people about rituals and mm-hmm. blood drinking and witchcraft and um you know tying up of of children and sacrificing them and you hear it and you see it and you hear about parties where blood is drinking and all of that always really creeped me out it made me feel even being raised Mormon at least I had somewhat of a moral compass and um I was terrified of a lot of that it really it, it never sat well with me it was so heavy and so coming out of that and then one of the things I'm really passionate about, and it has to do, I think, probably with some of the abuse I experienced in the church growing up, um, I, I, I became very passionate in the fight against human trafficking. Mm-hmm. And um, and one of the things as I was helping with abuse victims and in certain cases, it a lot, not all of it, some of it is just purely pedophilia, purely sex, just carnal um fleshly desires Mm -hmm. but a lot of it ties back to satanic ritual abuse a lot of missing children a lot of abused children they're used in rituals and satanic ritual abuse and Mm -hmm. and then you tie that to freemasonry illuminati things and their all their rituals and i couldn't help but see the exact similarity i kept going wait that's what we do in the temple wait all this freemasonry all of this you know, and Freemasonry, again, on, on the outside, it looks pretty normal, a yeah. brotherhood, but it's an organization within an organization. And at the deep roots of it, it is an absolutely evil, satanic sex cult. That is what it is. Well, and a good thing to point out for people who, yeah, you will see lodges everywhere in every single city in America. They have a lodge and it's mostly, you know, sweet elderly man. Yeah, they look over your region. They do what they do. But there is a certain degree level to yeah. where you reach, but not pay, many people get to go, right? And there's a lot that comes into play. So when I was reading about Joseph Smith, I found out he was a 33-degree Mason. And many people who follow my page, they know what 33-degree is all about. They know what needs to be done to get to that degree. So now when I heard that, I was like, yikes. Like right? that would be a no. huge red flag, right? 
And I think, yeah, I think what the devil cannot help is showing his hand too much because we were created in the image of God and we have discernment and we have wisdom and we have awareness. So those who are seeking for truth, they will find it, right? will knock on the door the door will be opened so there are certain things you will hear that will spike an interest be like hold on i need to dig into this this does not line up what is going on and that's where the devil kind of shoots himself in the foot by exposing things too much so i was reading about joseph smith that he was a 30 30 degree mason and in the kind of the company he was holding and like uh, the people he was around that actually started raising red flags in them because he reached that level very quickly. That's right. Overnight in one really? day. That is absolutely unheard of. I, I don't know. I can't name off the top of my head of anyone. And I've studied Freemasonry for years now. I study occult and, and mystical religions. I study all of it. And I do not know anybody else that that became a 30, went from joining the lodge, becoming a Freemason and going to the 33 degree to the, the following day within 24 hours. That is unheard of. Usually it takes years, years. Yeah. So um, what what is kind of believed is that Joseph Smith was practicing polygamy and um you know taking on all these wives to fulfill his desires but then covered it with this it's a it's a religious thing god commanded me to do this Mm. it's a covenant that we have to keep forever to become gods one day you have to have plural wives Mm -hmm. but obviously i believe he was a bit um narcissistic and was fulfilling his own desires but making it legalistic and right Mm. so he takes on other wives and people were starting in the city they were starting to say this is against the law you can't do this and so i believe that he found this um this club this cult that is based in secrecy so he thought well I'll get everyone to keep these oaths and keep everything a secret by becoming a freemason then he took all of the rituals everything they do in these um freemasonry um rituals and then he implemented them into this temple ceremony where if you want to go into the temple, you have to keep everything secret. And mm. if you want to be a God one day and you want to be exalted and you want to be saved, you need to go into these temples and keep everything a secret and do these rituals. And so I think that that's why he took on. But I heard, I read that the Freemasons actually were very upset with him for then taking their rituals and putting them into the temple. They weren't yeah, happy. It's them. a very secretive, closed organization. You don't take things yeah. out of it, right? You bring things in and you do all kinds of things to stay in. So yeah. you were in Hollywood, you saw the darkness, you saw everything that's happening. And I think that, which is very hard for a lot of people to see how God will make life out of anything and traumatic things happen and darkness happens. We'll live in a broken world. We'll live in a sinful world. And we have free will. Everybody has free will to either do good or bad. And until Christ comes back and creates new earth, there's going to be sin, unfortunately, you know, and we can't, we can't logically understand it and explain it because that's just how things go in a world that's broken and fallen. So I think to see the positive, it's amazing how through that dark time, you start seeking for truth. You start aligning things. So do you remember like a specific day and a point where you're like, okay, this is it. I need to start looking deeper into it and have questions. And who was, was there anybody there for you to answer those questions or were you alone in this journey? Well, that, that is a good question because when you have 40 years of programming that you believe this one thing and you're afraid that if you don't do it you're not gonna you go to heaven um it's it's hard and it really it actually was a really tough process people don't realize I prayed so much and I was on my knees so much I cried a lot I I felt so light everything was I felt so betrayed by being lied to so much and then your mind plays tricks on you because you start to say okay like when I, when I noticed all of the things in the Freemasonry and the occult practices that were then being done in the temple, I was like, that's when I was 
this can't be right. This has got to mm-hmm. be bad. And then I kind of tried to talk to a couple people, family or something when they were like, well, no, the church is true. He just, just because he took some of the rituals from there, it doesn't mean that the church isn't true. He just mm-hmm. used some of their rituals. And, and I thought, okay, all right. And then um, I actually, during COVID, I learned a lot about the, I was very, I'm a very curious person and I'm yeah. a very health conscious person. And so I have three children and I researched and researched all of their childhood shots that they're supposed to get. And so, um, and I'm very cautious about their health and what goes into their bodies and mine. And so um, I know about colds. I know about viruses. I, uh-huh. I do a lot of research and I said, something's not right. This does not add up about what we need to be getting the shot for. And these things, this doesn't make sense. Something is going on. There's an agenda here. And I studied agenda 201 and I studied and I came to the knowledge of all of what I believe their final agenda is. And, you know, I believe that's depopulation and I know you yeah. do too, so I can say that, but it's depopulation and it is to bring in a new world order. And, and that system, the beast system is being implemented as you posted yesterday, yeah. the Bank of America things like a one world currency, one world government, one world religion is being brought into place. And the United Nations is a huge part of that. Yeah. Well, the Mormon church is taking part in all of these, the United Nations, like the new 10 commandments and all of these climate hmm. control and abortion. And why is the Mormon church part of all of the satanic agenda? That to yeah. me was another red flag. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. This does not align with, with God at all. Mm-hmm. And um, and then my father, my dad, um, a year ago, he actually got the shot and he passed away from it. Mm, I'm so sorry. And so that was really hard for me because about a week later, the Mormon prophet came out with an announcement and he presides over 16 million people. He, they believe he is the one and only living prophet on earth who is the mouthpiece for God. He speaks to God. He says, Mm. and he came out a week after my dad died from the shot and said, I am counseling all of you, urging you to go and get your vaccine. Mm -hmm. And I know that it is a death shot. I know what the agenda is with that. I know where that's going. It's not for a cult. It killed my dad and it's killing. It will kill millions. What man of God, who is the direct mouthpiece for God on this earth, the only one as they believe, would align himself with that agenda Mm -hmm. and urge millions and millions of people to go put this in their body. What man of God wouldn't trust in the immune system that God gave us and our temples that he didn't build us perfectly? I said, there's just, there's no way. But then I still had to pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. And I do have a a Bible study leader that she lives in Idaho. Mm -hmm. And um, we do a Zoom Bible study every week. And um, I listen. there's several people I listen to their podcasts and YouTube videos and things like that to study. And honestly, this, I just yeah. read and read and read and prayed over it. And, um, so I had, that's where I had some biblical wise counsel around me mm-hmm. to learn more and more about what the truth is. And then, and then even biblically, because of my background with Mormons and believing the wrong thing and believing false doctrine, I'm very careful. That yeah. even because even Christians don't believe some things that are biblical, um, they don't understand the truth. So I never want to misrepresent the gospel, the mm-hmm. word. And so um, I feel that there's a couple people like like this um, woman, and she baptized me actually, mm-hmm. and who um, and a few other people, pastors who I really search out and I test every spirit. Yeah. And that is something also as a Mormon that, you know, they don't test every spirit and they need to. We're warned of false teachers. We're warned of false prophets in the Bible. It says test every spirit. Well, and it sounds like that in that religion, you've got somebody in between you and God and Jesus, right? You have to go through somebody 
And you can't just have that intimate relationship with Christ because I believe that God has gifted me with the same ability to read the word, to discern it, to pray on it. The Holy Spirit will show me and lead me to the truth just as much as he's created you. He's He doesn't favor people. Everybody has the same ability. They just need to listen okay. and learn, right? And if you have these prophets who are constantly seem to change the word to fit their lifestyle, that should be a red flag because, I mean, that's a, a bit narcissistic and... I was in a podcast. Yeah, very. And you read the word of God and you should live your life to change your life, to obey God's law and how Jesus told us to live our life and love our neighbor and preach and so forth. We shouldn't change his word to fit into our style and be like, well, it's just how it is. It changed. Like we're progressing with culture. We're progressing with time and you just need to accept it. So I think there's that disconnect in um, there's no intimate relationship with Christ. And that's why people cannot hear the Holy Spirit, right? Because the devil came in and they put a barrier. That's right. I That was another thing with Mormon religion when I started to really understand the Bible and that Jesus wants a relationship with me. He wants me to abide in him, tarry with him. And, and I feel so close to him now. In the Mormon religion, I do feel it's somewhat idolatry, but we worship temples and joseph smith we sing songs hail to the man and follow the prophet he knows the way he won't Mm. lead you astray so you've got the prophet the current prophet you've got joseph smith that's revered as joseph smith and and they don't teach this you have to dig for it in their history he's taught that what he did for mankind is more important than what jesus did for man oh yeah. And people have pictures of Joseph all over their homes in the church. They have pictures of the temple, pictures of the current prophet all over their home and all over the churches. It should be Jesus. Yes. So another thing that I've read, going back to you, you would touch on that. So Jesus, Mormon uh, church believed that Jesus was the brother of Lucifer, right? Yes. So when I saw that, I was like, huh, very interesting to position him in that way in the pagan false religion, because if you think of a brother, you think of them as equals, right? You don't think of Jesus being the God and being higher than the Lucifer and having all authority over Lucifer spirits and demons. When you hear their brothers, well, they're equal. That's right. Jesus is the son of God. He is God. He is part of the Trinity. He holds all power and authority over Lucifer. So if you think of it in a way of it, Yes, being a pagan religion, the devil played a very nice hand of confusing people and elevating himself up to a place of worship or kind of being on the same level as Christ. Right. Again, I feel that's blasphemous. I mean, this is, and and so how can Jesus be his brother? Jesus created Lucifer. The Bible says that Jesus is God in the flesh and he created all things meaning he created lucifer and you know so how could he be his brother he created it all everything mm-hmm. so no they are not brothers and um i that was a, that's a tough one for me i'm just like how can you believe this yeah but i understand it i do that's why i say i have a love for them is because i i believed it for a long time too and you know you're filled with fear that if you don't believe it you won't be a good mormon and you won't be to your family for eternity so to me that would be on the enemy's side talking about like spiritual realm and everything that would be such a um, dangerous game to play to bring the word of god into your religion and say yeah you know we read the bible we believe in jesus but so do demons they believe jesus exists and they know his name and they obey his name so just because you say, I believe in Jesus doesn't really mean much. What do you believe he is? What do you believe he's done? Do you believe he is the son of God, right? So I was thinking about on a spiritual level to bring the word of God and make it part of your religion is kind of a slippery slope to walk because you give people enough truth to eventually like you start questioning things, right? And you have the word of God that you can open up, read and ask the Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit and Jesus and God are way above Lucifer, and they will lead people out of darkness and to the truth. Amen. Yes, 
Um, and and that you you bring up a point that I've had to bring up to many people because there were several people who wrote on my post that, well, there's so much good and it brings good to our lives. And why would you want to pull people away from a religion that is good and bringing blessing in their lives and they feel happy and they feel some, you know, they've, they've got, someone even said to me something like, well, why would you want to pull people out of this religion if they're, what if they just become atheists? Like you're, you know, you're doing something bad by doing this. And I said, no, you don't understand. Someone who is an atheist is in the same boat as, and, and I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers saying this, but you're in the same boat as Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses and any man-made religion because yes. Satan gives you just enough truth to keep you bound by a lie. And so when you're believing a lie and you're practicing a false doctrine, you will be held accountable for that. And the Jesus that you believe in cannot save you. So I, I just, yeah. Once you, it is a crafty trick of Satan. Like you said, he is crafty. He is sneaky. And I believe he's quite intelligent because what he's done has created new age, Buddha, Jehovah witness, Mormon, Catholic. He has come up with so many ways to pull you away from the one truth. And God said, I am the, the way, the only way yes. to the father is through me. That's it. Just one. And then Satan's given us all these other things that have a little bit of truth in them, mm -hmm. just enough. You go, oh, but I feel happy and fuzzy, so I'm going to stay here. I'm comfortable. If you made it all satanic, yeah, everything was satanic, then nobody would do it. Well, yeah. some people would. <laughs> <That's Yeah. enough. laughs> but but you'd get like that, you know, ten percent. He's not going to let ninety people, ninety percent of people go back to Jesus. He's going to come up with all these other mm -hmm. ways to trick people that want some truth, that want some religion. So he came up with all these ways. They're just enough to go, well, it feels good. Sounds right. We sing some nice songs and it's beautiful and my family's happy. Yeah. Enough to keep you bound in that yes. life and away from the one truth. Yes. So going back, you touched on satanic rituals, right? Do you feel comfortable sharing the similarity you saw, like for people who don't know anything about the Mormon religion, who's never been inside the temple, who they've never seen those things because they are so secret. They are also just for the members. So they don't know. So, and also for somebody who hasn't dove deep into researching the cult, the uh, 33rd degree masonry, the Hollywood and that, like, how can you help them? start comparing things like what are the rituals you can think of they're like hey they do that in masonry too they do that in yeah. hollywood they do it on stage they do it in movies okay well um so and i heard there's a second and i don't know much about this because i've never done it but there is a second anointing i guess if you go further up in the church you there's secret other secret anointings and, and rituals that go further into the church um i have read witnesses testimonies of women who have been um raped and abused up in in the temple by authorities by bishops in rooms where there's a day bed why are there beds up in secret rooms in the temple why? Oh, i've seen it in one of the documentaries recently they yeah what what i heard there's secret altars for child sacrifice i haven't personally seen that but I have read witness accounts that there are sacrifice altars in secret chambers of the temple. There are tunnels under the Salt Lake City Temple. I personally have not been there, but I have read and seen and listened to witnesses who have participated in these rituals. Mm. Rituals I participated in, knowing Freemasonry that I thought were just mind-blowing. There's a secret handshake that you have to do, and they teach you in the mm. temple. You have to do this, and you have to put your thumb like this. And then these are your tokens and you have to say this token and do this token to get through this veil. And then you put your hand through the veil, through this like sheet and then men on the other side, take your hand and then you have to whisper secrets to them. Mm. And they tell you what the secret is you need to whisper to them. What's the word you have to give them. And then they whisper to me what my new name is. And a new name is, mm. uh, that's a lot based in mind control. If you, if you know much about MK Ultra, mind control yeah, gives yeah. someone a new name and a new identity. Mm. not a new identity in Christ for the world to see a secret identity in the temple. So my new name is Miriam. And when they told me that, I said, it just, it 
felt wrong. Yeah. You whisper it to them that this is my new name. And then you do these washing and anointings and you wear these, these garments and they represent, and you have to do these, um, these oaths that is mm-hmm. ritualistic in Freemasonry where you say that you'll, um, the slitting of the throat, if you spill the secrets and you, and you don't do it, but you go like, and apparently like the prophet and everybody has been take, has given these blood oaths and, um, there's a blood atonement that if you spill these secrets, they'll, they'll slit your throat. And I've heard witness testimonies of women who said their husband had their throat slit and everything. Mm-hmm. You go like this in the temple and you say, they do the washings and anointings and they, you know, they touch your body parts and it's very ritualistic. And then they say, then you go like this and I have video of it. And, you know, I haven't, I've been praying over if I'm going to continue to post about it just because yeah. it's that family members and friends of mine, although the truth offends um and i feel very led and called by god and this is something that i have prayed and prayed and prayed and studied the scripture over whether he wants me to just love him and carry on or continue to do so and i really feel he just keeps you know showing me to do this um and i tell him to stop me if he doesn't want me to but you do the slitting of the throat and um all, all these things they do in the temple they're just all rituals that you see in all the freemasonry the new name the handshakes the some Oh, they do. Oh, and then the apron. So you, you wear these special oh. clothes in the temple and they're, they're very strange, but they are basically a replica of what they wear in the Freemasonry lodges mm-hmm. and you wear these funny little hats and you tie it around your neck. And, um, at first I just thought if this is how I, you know, go back to Jesus, okay. But in the back of my mind, I thought this is so strange. And then you wear these white clothing and you wear this apron around mm. you and it looks just like the Freemasonry apron. So you're dressed just like Freemasons. You wear these clothes that you're only allowed to wear in the temple, just like Freemasonry. You wear these temple aprons that are just like Freemasonry and these little hats like mm-hmm. Freemasonry. So there's just so many similarities. It's it's really wild to not be able to see it. Yeah, and the only thing we can recommend to people, even those who are not part of the LDS church is, hey, first of all, Pray for protection of your mind and then go and start researching the 33 degree masonry, right? Just allow the Holy Spirit to show you things. And back in 2019, 2020, when, uh, you know, the pandemic hit, I I remember the day where I said it felt like gates of hell just been opened because the internet broke wide open. And we started yeah. seeing this stories in post and and just coming out with nothing being censored. And that's when a lot of people like, wow. And I believe God allowed that to happen because the world has been deep asleep for so long. We've been so brainwashed and so distracted with convenient lifestyle, with everything is easy, everything is given, just live a good life, pay your bills, da, da, da. And then we all got put in the house. And again, God will make a beautiful things out of anything So when everybody thought we were, you know, losing our freedom by sitting at home for the first, and I believe for the first 14 days, everybody just sat at home because we didn't know what we're dealing with. We're like, okay, we'll sit at home 14 days, but that was a bad move. Yeah. Trouble. Yeah, exactly. But that was a bad move on somebody's part because then it allowed people to have free time to start researching. That's now did. Yeah. What I kind of been dabbling in this before then. But that's, and then all of that, what you're talking about, though, even was, you know, more for me, but I think that's when a lot of people, their eyes were opened for sure. Yeah. And it's amazing because I've made a post on my page and I've asked people, Hey, how long have you known? And about 95% of people said 2019, 2020. Yeah. Because everything just came open. So uh, one of the last questions I have, you have, you were raising your children, right? How many children do you have? I have three boys. Okay. And you were raising them in the church. So when I was married to my ex-husband, who was not a Mormon, um, what I did is I took them to Sunday. Uh, I took them to church on Sundays once in a while. Um, I would sing them songs that I learned growing up and pray with them the way I was raised to pray. And, um, you know, I read them little stories out of the Book of Mormon or Bible that I kind of knew. So a little, I sprinkled it. It, it was definitely not our lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. My husband played baseball. So there's a lot of baseball on Sundays. That's, you know, sports kind of are their mm-hmm. religion when you're deep in sports. And so 
Um, it was always a part of me, though. I always loved God, and I always wanted my children to know that Jesus loved them and things like that. What happened is, is when I got divorced, I was just, I was broken. He'd had affairs, and I was was really, really sad. I just, I, I felt this dark despair. I, I'm a mom of three boys. My heart had been broken. My world's turned upside down. I was prepared to be married forever to, you know, to him. And um, so I just, I was, I was broken. And there was a Mormon church only a few blocks from where I lived. So it was what I knew to do. I went there, I searched out the bishop and I just said, can I talk to you? And he was wonderful and sat there and cried with me and prayed with me. And he just, he advised me that if I went to the temple and started coming back to church and practicing this religion, he advised me and I really took it to heart that my life would be completely blessed and that my boys would be blessed and that it would, it would really give us that strength to go on and, and structure and, 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 um, we'd just be so blessed is what he kept saying. And I thought, I want to be blessed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want my kids to be blessed. So I thought if this is what I need to do so that my children and I can be blessed, then I'm going to do it. So from that point forward, I did everything necessary to go to the temple and, and brought my boys to church on Sundays. I then baptized my children, Mormon, and um, the ones, the two that were eight and above. And um, I have one who's 10 now that was not baptized Mormon. And, um, and then I started raising, so then I was raising them that way, sending them to these youth camps and mm-hmm all of the youth stuff involved in the Mormon church every Sunday, they were, you know, got them in their shirts and ties and totally practicing the Mormon religion, um, making them go to seminary in the morning before school, all of that. And they really tried for me, but it's funny. I think because they didn't have that programming since birth, Mm -hmm. they were the ones that even told me, mom, don't you know, this is a cult. And I said, say that they'd say, mom, this is a total cult. This is evil. This is wrong. This is a cult. Mm. You're, a cult. You're in a cult. And I said, you guys, you got to stop saying that. It's not kind, you know? And they said, I can show you it's a cult. Yeah. So they saw through it. And I think because they had, they didn't have those blinders on. Yeah. So they've really embraced this. Me finally saying, oh my gosh, you guys, I found the truth. And, and, and now I've surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And, and, and they are so happy for me. And um, they're like, we tried to tell you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. God will use our children to prophesy, testify, and lead us to the truth. That's amazing. They're so pure. So, yeah. So what are some of the last words you want to tell to somebody who, not so much who's, I know there's a lot of division what's happening with your post. You said, you know, people, some people will take it as an attack. They'll start defending their belief. They'll start getting angry, but there is many, many people, especially this past year or so, people are coming out of that religion. God is leading them out. The lady that I was watching this morning, she said, people leaving by the thousands, they're leaving the church. Yeah. They're leaving the, the religion, they're leaving the false belief because God will fight for his children. Right. And like I was saying, it was very bad on, the devil's part to bring Jesus into his religion and still teach about him and keep him part of it. You can't coexist right with dark and light. And so for those people who are watching or listening with an open heart, they're curious, what are some of the words of encouragement you have for them or just point them in the right direction to keep moving forward with this? Well, it is hard and I just want them to know that that I empathize with them because it's really hard. It really is. And it's extremely difficult because the tentacles of the church are usually in every aspect of your life. And there's a lot of judgment that comes along with Mormonism because there's so many, see in Christians, you, you can be wearing flip-flops and drinking coffee or you can be, but nobody knows where their heart is, mm-hmm. right? Tattooed head to toe. And literally, you can have a heart for Jesus mm-hmm. that nobody realizes. That man covered in tattoos with a big beard. I mean, he is Jesus' disciple and he knows yeah. it, right? But with Mormons, it's there's this, uh, you know, oh, they don't look like the perfect Mormon. Oh my gosh, I saw them drinking coffee or I, I heard they drink alcohol sometimes or oh, she wears 
short skirts or so there's a culture of being very judgmental because you can base it on oh they don't they don't go to relief society and they don't take the sacrament and their kid isn't going on a mission Mm -hmm. well maybe they did something wrong you know, yeah. and so there's a lot of that that goes on. And, and I really don't like that at all. That was another thing I've really found a lot more peace with Christianity. I don't judge anybody's heart. I have, I don't have the authority to, I have no idea what God sees on them, no matter how yeah. they dress, no matter how they look, no matter what they're drinking, that's on them. So, I mean, when you are saved and you truly have Jesus in your heart, you start to want to live more holy. And that's mm-hmm. the fruit of the spirit. That's different. So um, what I would say is I empathize. It's so hard. It really is. You might lose some family and friends I have. And, but if you have the world, like what's the scripture? I mean, you have nothing, right? If, so what if the world hates you? you? I have God. And I think that all the time when I get a text from a sister that isn't nice or a, um, a comment from a friend I grew up with on that text, that post, I, I, I have never felt as strong as I do right now. Like maybe a few years ago, it would have made me cry. Mm-hmm. It would have made me so sad and apologize. And, mm-hmm. and I would have been devastated and I would have felt lonely. I have God with me and he has his, I mean, he has lifted me up and given me strength. Isaiah 41, like Jeremiah one night, like he has fought these battles for me. And those are the scriptures he keeps leading me to and saying, I will fight that for you. And, um, and give you strength. And I have strength that I have never had before. And I have peace and I rest in him. And it is something again, that I cannot put into words, but I can tell you that my life is completely changed. And, and I am, I'm so grateful. I don't have words for my gratitude for what he's done in my life and changed my heart. And that's one, that's one thing about, you can't fully explain the love you have and the change you feel, you can only feel it, right? Like, so we, that's why we share the good news because we want people to feel what we feel because you can't really explain it. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit and you, when you you feel this love that just shakes you to your core and you know you don't deserve it, you won't do anything. You won't do, you can't do enough to earn it, but it's yours, it's yours, it's right? He gave to you. And and yeah, and the fact that you can just accept it and you're like, I don't need, I can have, like, obviously we'll try to live a good life and be good people and obey Christ and uh, change as we grow and mature in our spiritual journey, right? But it comes, like you said, as a fruit, not an obligation. You want right. to do those things because now you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So they're naturally coming out of you. It's not something you wake up like, oh, I got to be a good person today Better so I can this. make it to heaven. Right. That. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, I am a new creation in Christ and my heart. I have a new heart and a new mind and a new spirit in him. And all I want to do is please him. And that comes from this pure place of just pure love and wanting to wanting him to I just want to please him and and serve him if, and whatever his will is but but it's only but it's it's not a wage it's not you know it's not transactional yeah if I do this then I will get this mm-hmm. it's Lord you've given me so much and you have answered so many prayers and you have give, you have given me something that I just I cannot give you enough thanks for Mm-hmm. What can I, do? what, what can I do to have an outward expression mm-hmm. of that love and gift that you've given me? How can I thank you for that? Is it witness to people? Mm-hmm. Is it to give someone else this gift and bring them, you know, how can I further your kingdom? Yeah. What you've done for me, what can I, can I, how can I further your kingdom? Amen. Beautiful. So where can people find you, your social media handles for those? Because I'm praying to God to lead people to you specifically. Like I said, when people were asking me to share on this, God told me, wait. And that was a year ago. He told really? me, wait. Yes. He told me, wait, don't speak because I can research. I can deep dive. I can put things together, but I can't express it in a way to where people who are in it will hear me. Does it make sense? Who will start reaching out and be like, okay, like, I know what you feel. Can we talk about this more? Like, I need a sister. I need a way out. 
And I feel like God will use you as a vessel. He will use you as a way, even if you do it privately, even if you do it off the big platform, the right people will come. So let them know where can they find you, how they can reach out. Okay. Well, right now I have Lindy Kennedy Instagram. And then I just started, I was refusing to get on TikTok for a while. I, I felt like maybe I was too old for it. And, um, you know, China owns it. And this. And that. <laughs> but everyone's saying you need to get on TikTok. So I just started one. I have no followers on it and no posts. I'm going to start maybe today or something, but it's my name again, Lindy Kennedy and a little underscore after it. Um, and I really, I'm working on it, but I'd really like to start a podcast. I really want to walk people through a lot of this and um, share my journey with health and loss and heartbreak and pain and, and coming to Jesus. So I would like to start a podcast. I'm working on it, that or an audio or ebook. So um, yeah, a lot of my journey coming to Jesus was also, I went through a lot of health issues and um, my divorce and then a breakup of three years after that health, a lot of health. I got really sick. I lost my dad. And I just think I was so, I was on my back. I had nowhere to look but up to God. And yeah. so that's when he really healed me. And um, and that's my passion is there's a lot of trauma from my childhood. And it has to do with a lot of abuse in the church and family. And um, that all kind of the trauma that stays inside of you until you work it out. Um, and so God really kind of helped me through that. Healing spiritually, physically emotionally and that's how I want to help people so I want to do an audiobook ebook podcast something I'm working on it I it's a whole new world for me yeah. but right now Instagram and TikTok and you know maybe I'll do a YouTube or I, I don't know maybe you can help me guide me yeah <laughs> yeah for sure yes well thank you so much I appreciate your time I appreciate just being open I know you kind of just made that post and then you're sharing your testimony but I know I believe in my heart the more you do it the more things will come up, the more people you will reach. And I believe every time you do, God will replace it with healing, with peace, with love. Because when we lay our burdens and hurt at the cross, he doesn't leave us empty, right? He fulfills that void with something beautiful. So the more we share of our brokenness with the world, the more healing we will get in return and blessing our family. So I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. I'll pray over you and your boys and for you to just reach people and speak the truth and lead them to the cross. And thank, thank you, you so much, Ali. Yes, thank you. you. Thank you, sister. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning into today's show. Again, if you need to speak to Lindy, she is open. She will talk to you, pray with you, lead you to the truth. Don't feel like you're alone, even though you probably will be feeling like you're alone and you're losing friends, you're losing community, you're losing the way of life. But know there is a way out of it. And in return, you will be healed and you will just reach new people, new communities, and possibly, and I believe God will use you to reach more people and bring them to him. So again, thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Please make sure to subscribe and share it with your friends and family. And if you have your own testimony that you would like to share, you can email me to Ali at anointedpath.com. You can also find me on Instagram at anointedpath. God bless you all, and I'll chat with you soon.